Welcome to InTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word, expose the devil for the lies he tells, and mentor individuals one-on-one -on -one in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's special Bible session on InTheBible.com. Today on InTheBible.com, we took a short segment in between and talked a little bit about staying rooted in Christ, but we are going to continue up with our Corinthians series that we were doing, and we are on 2 Corinthians. And we're going to talk a little bit about generosity and living different than everyone else. That's what we're going to take the time to do. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 through 17, and now we're going to look at chapter 8 and 9, and then start with a little bit of the beginning of chapter 10. We need to understand that chapter 8 and 9 is going to focus really about generosity. The Jewish Christians in Jerusalem fell into famine, and Paul was collecting money from the various churches. He had started to help. And all those churches gave, every single one. But the Corinthian church hadn't given anything because they were upset with Paul. So it's a situation where everybody is giving and because we have some type of problem, we're deciding, well, I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. That's what's going on here with the Corinthian church. Now, Paul had an issue with this, but it wasn't about the money. That's what we need to keep clear. It was just another example that they had not been transformed by the gospel. Because regardless of what's going on, we still have to follow what God is saying do. Paul began to remind them how Jesus transformed our lives from the inside out and that the gospel is a story about generosity. He tells that story of Jesus through financial metaphors. He makes the point that Jesus gave up honor as God to die on a cross so that we who are stuck in our sin can be given a new life through grace. You know, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we allow God's grace to transform us into generous person. You know, inside and out and the way that we give, whether it's financial that we're giving, it's the places that we have, it's our gifts and our talents that we're using, and we're just freely just giving. We are allowing God to just give because we have truly been transformed uh, inside and out, and that we need to be very careful for because individuals inside the church and outside the church don't recognize someone who's being transformed by God, and they say, oh, you give too easily, you give too freely. We can't do that. We need to understand that it is showing that this person has truly walked in in what God called his transformation. So if you guys will follow along with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and read verses 1 through 4, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God gave the church in Macedonia. They have been tested by great troubles. And they are very poor, but they gave much because of their great joy. I can tell you that they gave as much as they were able and even more than they could afford. No one told them to do it. 
But they begged and pleaded with us to let them share in the service for God's people. Let's just look at verses 1-4 through four and see, okay, these people were in their troubles. And they were giving. And they were begging in order to give. Look at us. We lose our job. We lose a loved one. A bad circumstances come upon us. And we do not even attempt to say, I'm going to keep on giving. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep being who God has called me to be. And if they won't let me, I am going to go and ask them to let me to do this. No, we have a self-pity party and we decide we're not going to do for nobody else. We're not going to help anyone else. And then we wonder why things are not working for us. But we can learn a little bit from these Corinthians individual here in the Bible and realize that they understood that the t- it was just a test, the thing they're going through. And no matter what test they find themselves in, that they can't beat God and his giving and they just keep on giving regardless. We need to give so much. And then we need to know that we need to give not only when things are great, but we also need to take the opportunity to give when things are not going well. Does that mean that your tithes may be a certain amount and we give? Yes, and you may have to cut back. Whatever the circumstances is, but we should never get to the point that we decide I'm mad, I'm upset, things are so bad with me, I'm not going to give ever in my life. And I'm going to Put the pump, the brakes on some people now that's saying this is a prosperity gospel. No, it's the Bible and the Bible is real. And we need to stop pretending as if God did not change us into people who need to be giving to others. It does not always come in the form of money. It does not have to be that way. But whatever way God has blessed you to give, when things come upon you that are bad, we should not be at a moment where we, "Mm, I'm not coming to church no more. I'm not going to serve no more. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to cook. I'm not going to do for others because my life is so hard. Get out of your own self and start doing for someone else so God can use you as a blessing. These Corinthians were a clear example of they were in trouble and they still were asking, can they be of some good service? If we were to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and then look at verses 10 and 11, this is what should be happening. Last year, you were the first to want to give. You were the first who gave. So now finish the work you started. Then your doing will be equal to your wanting to do. Give from what you have. That's my point I'm making. He looked at these Corinthians. He says, I think you want to do this. And that's great. And and you're giving and things of that nature. Don't stop because things don't look the way you want them to look or not as high. Every company go through high moments, low moments. All of it happens. 
But we still need to finish what God has started in us. Paul opens by telling the Corinthian church that the church in Macedonia gave to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. He mentioned that they were poor and experiencing trouble of their own. But they still happily gave what they could. They were actually excited to give. What are we doing? We murmur and complain when things are good. We murmur and complain when things are bad. We don't want to give. We hold back a little bit. But Paul said he goes on to encourage these Corinthian church to give as well. He then encourages them to master doing with what they wanting to do. So he not only says keep on giving, but where you want to be, give a little more. That's not prosperity preaching. That is for real. God is saying if you want to be here, you need to sacrifice. He did his son. He wanted everybody to say and he sacrificed his son for us. He's speaking to you and to me about generosity. Even if we don't have a lot or experience our own problems, those who follow Jesus are known for their generosity. You need to check your generosity meter if you are an individual who you're not trying to give to anyone. Oh, I don't have enough. Because even the woman that had nothing but the jaws in her home and had to go borrow still was giving. The woman with the two mites and two pennies, she gave everything she had to get what God wanted her to give. You say what you want. But the Lord is saying, if you are my people, you give. Generosity when it comes to money, but it does not stop there. It flows in every area of our lives. We cannot just say it's just money. Being transformed by Jesus means that our lives are not about ourselves. Our lives are meant to serve others. That's what we're supposed to be doing on a regular basis. Giving to your neighbor, giving to your friend, giving to the kid that don't have enough, giving to those who may have upset you. It says give. It is possible to want to do good things but not actually do them. I have experienced that several times. I want to give and I want to do for a whole lot of people, but I can't. But remember this. The goal is to put our generosity in action. Put it in action. Not, oh, well, you know, I don't have it, so I'm not going to be able to do or I don't have the time or, oh, God, you know, my talent is not as good as this one or I don't know how to do it as well as them. It don't matter. God said, give what you got. And not only that, give to the level that you want to be at. So I I have a question. Who is the most generous person you know? Who is that person? Take an opportunity, survey the people that you know, and say, who is this person that's generous? Give some examples for yourself and to others about how generous they really are. And then ask yourself a very important question. How can I be more generous? How can I be more generous? How can I beat them in their generosity that they have? How can I do that and show them more like Jesus? Not be stuck up in pompous and not somebody who you trying to outdo folks, but realize you're doing it for God. You want to give, you want to have a good heart, and and that's what people know you by. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, it says, The people who plant a little 
will have a small harvest. I'm going to say that again. The person who plants a little will have a small harvest. You wondering why it's not growing? What are you planting? Be it your ministry. Be it the time. Be it your marriage. Be it with your children. If your relationship is very small and shallow and minute, what are you planting? If you only putting a little money in, what are you planting? But I'm not saying this. I'm saying this is what's in the Bible. It says the person who plants a little will have a small harvest. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. And so many people are, oh, that's a prosperity gospel and going against the different preachers and stuff. But this is biblical. The Bible is saying what you give is what you're going to get back. If you get a little, give a little, you're going to get a little. You got a small congregation. That's because what are you giving? Are you giving enough of your time and your service? Are you? Are you giving enough time and prayer to God for the people? Are you sowing like you should be? Continue. Each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. Okay, let's stop there. You shouldn't be sad. You should not give because you feel forced to give. Keep your, keep your time. Keep your money. Keep your treasure. Keep anything that you have. Keep it. Don't give it. If you're mad, if you're sad about it, keep it. God does not want it. We can look at Cain in the beginning and how it's not honored. But he echoes that here in the next verse. And he said, God loves the person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessings than you need. Yeah, you need a new car, but keep on giving that other individual a ride. Yeah, you may not have the gas, but God says just keep on helping. No, you don't have all of the food in your house, but give what you can. He will give more than what you need. He will keep on providing it. And before you look up, you're like, man, I did not go a day without being hungry. I didn't go a day without a ride. I didn't go without having volunteers. Give. That's what he's telling you. Then you will always have plenty of everything, enough to give to every good work. Every good work. If a farmer plants a small number of seeds, he's going to have a small harvest. If he plants a lot of seed, he'll have a big harvest. This is saying, this is the same. And it is also true when it comes to generosity. The more we freely give our money, time, attention, and focus to others, the more it comes back to us. I can say what the nonprofit God has blessed me with. Since I give to so many people, I am not lacking in the area of volunteers. It doesn't mean that I don't want more. But it's such a blessing to know if, I, if I'm doing, God is going to help me. And people say, oh, that's not how I work. Yes, it is. The Bible says you reap what you sow. It's just like farmland. If you are mean to people, guess what? You're going to get meanness back. If you're not friendly to folks, if you're friendly to people, you're going to get friends. If you dedicate yourself to the gospel and you sow and you do right by the people, when God bless you with a ministry, guess what? The same people are going to give and do for you. But if you are the person who's sitting in the, in the 
pew and you're saying, I'm not getting up, I'm not doing, I'm not this, don't be surprised when your ministry not doing well. If we're focused on others, then people will feel that love. They'll feel the empathy. They'll feel the compassion. They'll know that what you're doing is real. You don't have to say it to them. And they are more likely to treat us with that same love and that same acceptance. But you can't fake it to make it. You have to actually mean it. Next thing, we're not generous because there is something in it for us. There is no need to be said because we feel forced to give. Don't give once again. And yes, God may bless you back, but it doesn't mean he's going to bless you back the same way. We're giving because we are experiencing the generosity of God through Jesus. Jesus gave the ultimate gift to all of us. We are on the receiving end of an amazing gift that we cannot earn. It's not even possible. When we experience the truth deep within our hearts, something starts to shift. Something starts to happen. We become a very generous person. Some people get jealous because some people are more generous than others. But if we truly love God, we will be seeing that in everybody. That you're just giving freely. Because that's the power of the Holy Spirit that rules and reigns in our lives. We freely give to others with a very, very, very happy heart. That's how it should be. But have you ever experienced something so amazing you wanted to share it with someone else? Have you experienced anything amazing and was like, wow, that was awesome? That's how we should be with our generosity. When we experience something, we want to give it to others. That's how we should be. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 12, it says, God is the one who gives seed to the sower and bread for food. He will give you all the seeds you need and make it grow so that there be a great harvest for your goodness. He will make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely. And your giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. The service you do not only help the people of God, it also brings more and more thanks to our Heavenly Father. And the question is, what do you think Paul is trying to say at this moment, at this particular time? What do you think Paul is trying to get across to us? Well, if, if you're not sure, Paul is saying that God will provide enough for the Corinthian church to help to give to those in need. But he's saying more than that. He is telling us that God will also provide us with enough of the money that we need, enough of the love, enough acceptance, enough time, energy, and attention that we give to others. We need to understand that's what he's telling us. When we live a life that is other-focused, not self-focused, 
God will always give us enough to give to others. Yeah, I know there's some people out there to say, oh, people drain me, things of that nature. And that's fine. That happens. But God will redeem that time back and recharge you. He also said that a generous life will affect those around us who are watching us. They'll acknowledge God's goodness by our action. So I have a question. Once again, have you ever been really excited and grateful to give something to someone else? Would you say that it isn't or it is a great example of how God has given? Would you say that? Hmm. So, Lord, I pray for us today and I end here and we will continue on with session two. And I just want you to know and understand, Father, that those under the sound of my voice need to be transformed into generous givers. They profess and proclaim the gospel. And Lord, I pray that you help them to know who God is, all the things that God has for them, and that they get a very generous heart to do for God's people like never before. Father, I pray that you anoint their heart and their mind to want to give in every area of their lives in a very generous and happy and joyous way. Lord, I thank you and praise you that people are being changed right now and that they are walking in God's grace and love and generosity. And that we don't have a misconception that it is a great thing that God allows people to give generously. Father, I thank you and praise you that you cover every listener and that their walk continues to grow within you like never before. And I ask all this in your mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to InTheBible.com. Until next time. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. For questions or comments, please send your request to inthebible.com or you can give us a call at 1-888-401-0114. That number, once again, is 1-888-401-0114. We thank you for listening to InTheBible.com and be blessed.